Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. It's Horror Night. It's a horror night in the John and Junkies household. Uh, I'm here. It's Sandra. This is Scott. And even producer Stitches is here, being so cute on a fluffy little pillow. Laying on her little pillow. Her little producer pillow. So tonight we are talking about She is a Haunting by Train Tom Tran. Um, Very, very excited to talk about this book. This was one of my most anticipated reads of the year and Tran uses they them pronouns. So this is my first time reading a book by this author, but it will not be my last. There's a little spoiler for you. Oh. Um Scott, do you have anything to share with the class? Um I don't have much to share. Uh, you may notice that our last couple of episodes have all been like three weeks apart recently. Something like that. Yeah, that's mostly my fault. Uh, I have not had a lot of time for a lot of things, including reading. Yes. Um, so I, I don't really have a lot to share to the class. Yeah, we're not going away or anything. It's just sometimes we're a little more spaced out than usual just because of schedule. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's absolutely a schedule thing. So yeah, this one... You know, we're recording very close to where it was supposed to come out, and it'll be coming out, you know, a little a week later. I'm uh, so sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've gotten to share a whole bunch of, you know, horror movies that I've been watching. You know, they tend to accumulate. Um, I did watch Hellhole, which is the Polish movie, horror movie that is um, enjoying quite a viral moment these days with uh, a lot of the, as I, as I say, the normies, a lot of the civilians, a lot of the non-horror people are like, oh my God, this movie, and they're losing their minds. And I always think that that's really fun. I love it whenever horror has a good moment um and of course you know for us old hat jaded horror fans you know we're probably not gonna have that reaction that they do but this is our genre and we love it so it's like really exciting we should always i feel we should always lean in and be like yes hop on the bandwagon become a fan like whatever gets you into horror but um i thought hellhole was a lot of fun uh I had a really good time watching it. It's kind of a slow burn. Um, some like beautiful, creepy, haunting imagery. I think I've mentioned this other places, but I watched The Night House. I liked that. I watched that that one with Alan Hunt. Helen Hunt, I can't remember that movie. Helen Hunt's in a horror film? Yeah, I watched that one. It's like fairly recent. And then I watched the one with the house that's under the water. <laughs> Watch a lot of house haunted house movies. You're just just absorbing them. I love 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 the haunting as a sub genre, um, which is kind kind of fun. Like I feel like it's it is having a moment, um, like hauntings in general. Yeah. So what fun and really strong segue yeah. into the book. She is a haunting. Let me tell you about it. When Jade Wynn arrives in Vietnam to visit her estranged father, she has one goal, survive five weeks pretending to be a happy family in the French colonial house Ba is restoring. She's always lied to fit in, so she's straight enough, 
Vietnamese enough, American enough, she can get out with the college money he promised. But the house has other plans. Night after night, Jade wakes up paralyzed. The walls exude a thrumming sound while bugs leave their legs and feelers in places they don't belong. She finds curious traces of her ancestors in the garden they once tended. And at night, Jade can't ignore the ghost of the beautiful bride who leaves cryptic warnings. Don't eat. Neither Ba nor her sweet sister Lily believe anything strange is happening. With help from a delinquent girl, Jade tries to expose the house's rotten appetite. A home, after all, is only as powerful as those who breathe new life into its bones. And this one is determined to never be abandoned again. Um, so some great blurbs uh, about this one, including Claire Legrand, who we've reviewed on this show, deliciously terrifying. Put it on your shelf next to Rebecca and the Haunting of Hill House. I love that. Um, then this one's from Emily XR Pan. This exquisitely disturbing tale of identity and colonialism and intergenerational trauma will eat its way under your skin and live there forever. So some really, really good blurbs. So yes, you go ahead and go first. Yeah, I, I want to go first because uh, I want to preface by saying uh, my experience score is not an indicative of what I think of the book. But for me, this book was a book. I had a lot of trouble getting into this one. It just, it missed me in a lot of ways. Um, part of that is, as we discussed earlier, um, I have I have a little bit less time than I used to, and so I have to rely on audiobooks a lot. And the writing style of this book, very interestingly and masterfully, I will, I will add, um, switches between different tenses. It switches between first and even second person at times um it, it it does a lot of really creative things with its writing style that i don't think translates well into an audiobook format uh, at least not in my experience so i had trouble listening to the audiobook and then going into the book i actually did enjoy it a lot more but even then it's the type of horror that is um very almost like psychological in a way that kind of like makes you question what's going on in a way that um I don't know my brain just didn't wrap my head around very well that said there's a lot of really stuff I a lot of stuff I really like in this book individually just as a whole it wasn't my kind of book this book for me is definitely um both a page turner and an obsession mm -hmm. because I really just found it um, so fun to just get lost in this book and get lost in Jade's story. Um, it was, you know, it's it's like it's very familiar because it's a haunting, but it's also at the same time it's so fresh and refreshing. And I think well, I read this book in the physical copy. It was one of the most gorgeous book covers I've ever seen with this girl who has she's crying and it's like the tear she's got like one tear and it like reflects on the book there's leaves falling around her like they might be in her hair and her mouth is stuffed with plants and it's almost like cracking like her face is mm -hmm. cracking and then like on the back cover there's more of these um i think it's mostly hydrangeas that we're looking at which play a major theme in the book and i will say you know of course there's no right or wrong way to read a book at all 
ever. But I think because of the narrative style and jumping from like, it's almost like the house's mm. point of view mm-hmm. to our characters, it's almost easier to like read it in physical because you can really see the layout is different. On those chapters, you can actually see like the faintest imprint of the wallpaper that they talk mm. about. Um, so it's a lot more powerful because it's like you get a mental and visual cue of like, okay, this is where we are. This is the voice we're reading this in. Yeah, looking at looking at what you're what you have in front of you right now in the physical copy, I, I would have to say that that is definitely the premier way to experience this book based on what I'm looking at. There. Yeah, and maybe and you know maybe that's just us. I'm sure there's people who did the audiobook and they're like, nope, I got it. Scott, oh yeah, Scott sure. Black. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I love the dedication in this book, too, from my mother and hers and hers to the angry girls, to the ones figuring it out. You are always enough. See, I, I wa- what I want to focus on for myself, the part I want to bring to the table for the non-spoiler section is how much I love the characters. In oh, this yes, book. yes. The characters and the complicated interactions between family members, between people, the idea of how you are seen versus how you feel mm-hmm. are really strong and really well defined and developed in this book. I think that it's I think that these are these are beautiful characters and a really strong exploration in, you know, queer identity, in mm-hmm. family dynamics, and there's also a lot of really neat things to learn about culture and history mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't read as much in, you know, we don't get access to in some of the books that we read. You know what I mean? There's some very specific stuff to Vietnam and and the way that ghosts are in Vietnam and the way that uh, that that it's really neat to learn about. Uh, I agree. It's absolutely fascinating to learn about. Um, so there's there's so much going on in this book in such a good way. It's just like really nice, complicated layers, like you said. Um, I love the characters. I love Jade and I love Florence. I love Lily, my little plant-based friend. Um, I love, yeah, love so many of the characters in this book. Jade felt very authentic to me. I really, really cared about her. I remember when we first started this podcast, it was very... um novel and exciting to say that a book had queer representation mm-hmm. or had good diversity rep in general. And while that's still something to keep striving, fighting for, and demanding for in your books that you want to consume, it is nice that it's like, cool. Like, it's like, it's a lot more commonplace than it was. And maybe yeah. that's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just happy. And I'm happy about it. It's a celebrated thing. And and it should be because who wants to read the same books about the same type of characters doing the same type of things from the same type of worlds? Like, that's boring as hell. Um, You're right. I, it's almost expected at this point on our show that there be some sort of queer representation. Yeah, we're like shaking the book. <laughs> Where is the diversity in this book? Where is the rep in this book? Um, and then of course, I really do enjoy stories about, <laughs> I love this word, diaspora. I always do it as diaspora for many years of my life. Because <laughs> you're a reader. Because I'm a reader. But diaspora. Um, I have to say, I am one of those people, I love history and I love learning about different cultures and everything. I'm so into that. But I knew very, very little about Vietnam. And reading this book prompted me 
to go down a rabbit hole. Like I like I knew about the colonization. I knew about the French. Um, you know, obviously, I think a lot of us in America, we learn about Vietnam through a lens of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like you only get this like wedge of the story. Um, so it was really, really awesome that this book was like pushes you into like research and learning and learning about things that you don't know and people that you that you don't know their their history and their story um i love the idea that houses like just like that's i think that's a cool thing we're doing right now in hauntings like man fuck this house that we read you know where the house is is an identity the house is a character so so exciting it's just um I don't know. This is like an exciting new voice in horror, and I cannot wait to read more of um, of what is on their mind. And I know that this author is an iced coffee fan. So already <laughs> we, we are friends. We are friends. No, they have a great point of view. They have a, they have a great um they have they have a lot of skill with the pen and they have a great point of view. Mm-hmm. I I too really want to learn more and see more of what they have to write and what they have to say. So I can tell right now, like I knew when I was reading this book, and I'm just going to be straight up with you, everybody at home, just the small intimate group of genre junkies listeners. I think we all knew Scott was going to have issues with this book because it is poetic. Oh, yeah. It is flowery. It is, um, I love that. Like I and we this is you eat that up. well established on this show. I love that. I love um kind of this dreamy, hazy language, um, simile, metaphor. I love this stuff. And it really also works for this book because Jade is dealing with sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. which I have. And you know, kind of this like weird sleep pattern, which is really going to make sense that Jade is kind of always half awake, half asleep and being kind of pulled. Mm -hmm. So it really fits the book. But that is not Scott. (laughs) It's just not my thing. And it's, it's one of those things where I really am able to appreciate the the level of mastery that it takes to write it in the way that this is written um it does make you feel like you are experiencing that there's points at least at least in combination of audiobook and uh, digital copy there are points where i didn't recognize okay is this a dream is this reality is this current is this past is this is this the main character? And there's parts in the book where it's not supposed to be super identifiable yeah. either. Yeah. And that is that is great. I I it's deliberate and it's powerful and it and um you're not going to get you're not you're probably not going to get an obsessive Scott when it's written like that cuz I just my brain just doesn't wrap around it and hold on to it the way that I wish it did. Mhm. So where do you think the audience falls? Oh, um I you I, you might be surprised by this, but I'm actually going to put this in a broad category. Mm. I think that I am I am an exception and not, you know, I don't think that my hang-ups on this type of writing style is universal and I'm not going to put that on the rest of the people. I think that it is scary but not in a way that is uh 
that is a turnoff for people who just can't do horror. I think that there's so much to learn about a generation, about about being queer, about being, um, you know, first or second generation immigrant to America and learning where you where you belong and finding your roots. I think that there's so much to learn here and there's so much to enjoy here. I really think that this is a broad appeal book. I think that's really cool. And I don't think you're wrong. When I was first thinking of this, I had put it under general um, because, uh, you know, I kind of thought about not only people who are, you know, Vietnamese, Vietnamese descent, but part of that diaspora to get to use that word I love to say again. But, you know, other um multi-generational immigrants um you know there's uh and i and i'm one of them too i'm a in my family we're relatively new americans as well so not exactly the same obviously not from asia but (laughs) from europe but you know and i'm also very fascinated by uh intergenerational trauma Mm -hmm. i love that in horror i love domestic horror this does i think fit into that um that little shelf right there. And I think someone who doesn't normally read those kind of books, um, they might not be converted to to the audience, mm-hmm. but I think that it's going to cast a wide enough net. So, um, and, and I really hope it does. And I would love if, you know, young people kind of find this book and they're like, oh, like I'm kind of, you know, a new adult, like how Jade's kind of a new adult. And, you know, maybe they kind of get into horror that way. Um, I just really, anything with a younger voice, I just always want it to be a gateway drug. I just always want it to be a gateway drug into horror because it's the best and it's and it's life-saving and life-changing. So I hope this book gets into as many hands as humanly possible. And I'll just add this, that the reason I went with Broad over General mm-hmm. is because even though it wasn't it wasn't the right book for this audience of me. <laughs> this audience of me. I'm actually considering suggesting this to my mom. I think your mom would dig this. I think she would get scared. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it would scare my mom, too. Yeah. Because um, they just can't handle horror. But... But it's but it's but it's the kind of horror that's that's not that 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 is not just dismissed out of hand by our parents. Can I also just give this little this little this little taster to put before the spoiler section? Ooh, okay. If you liked the Netflix Haunting of Hill House and you specifically liked the Bent Neck Lady. <laughs> yep. 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 You're yep, in yep, for yep, a yep. treat. Yes. All right. So those who've read the book, join us in the spoiler section so we can discuss even further. She is a haunting. Hey, bookworm buddy, don't forget subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Okay, so here are the trigger content warnings. Um, Obviously, this is a book that is going to deal with themes of racism and colonialization. Mm -hmm. That's very clear from the onset. But in case you missed that and you just here for the spoiler trigger parts, know that. Yes. So uh, there are two specific uh, phobias I'd like to point out that may find themselves to be incredibly triggered by this book. Um, One is emetophobia. There is some eating things involved. And the other one is parasitophobia, which you may not have been expecting. So with that being said, that being said, onwards and upwards, let's talk about that, shall we? Um, I was not expecting there to be 
a, a parasitic element of this book. I loved it because it makes sense for a house. I, it makes sense for a house. It does. And it also, I, re- I like the idea that it does create, I mean, I think both of us believe that there absolutely was a haunt, but it yes. creates a little bit of that that framing of it could have not been a haunting. It could have just been, you know, mold in the rye <laughs> as it is, right? Oh, it's definitely a haunting. Oh, it's hundred percent a haunting. I'm just it, it's kind of cool to have a little bit of a of a of a scientific bent into it as well. I thought it was neat. It was really those were the parts of this book that made me squirm and made me uh made me actually like like horrified is you know the idea of the walls just being filled with ants that are that are being controlled by parasites the idea of as as we talked about with the emetophobia with you know dead bugs being crushed up in the food and things rotting all the time and the food being a way of control i mean you know it gets to the point where it's like don't eat anything that's not in a package yeah and even then there's that scene where they feast oh and it's like but they can't stop and they know that it's wrong but they keep doing it it's so powerful and horrifying what's amazingly done about that scene and that is a scene that will stick with me for a very very long time yes and so much of this book is as you said it is descriptive it is flowery is is poetic and tran knows exactly when to hold back on that Mm -hmm. and it's 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 very clear that they are just engorging themselves, but then they're talking about how they just are bagging up the remainders. How there's a pile growing in the middle of the table of what remains. Doesn't ex- describe it, but you know, you know what it is. Yeah. And then they talk about you know bagging it up and putting it in the trash, and they don't describe it. Right. But you know what it is that just makes it all the worse because you because it leaves you to imagine that pile of leftover bones that they've left could be you know a little bull's worth it could be a mountain yeah it's up to your brain to imagine just how uh terrifying how how much it really was yeah absolutely i love that very smart and then it's also you know this parallel of what they say and what they don't say Mm -hmm. and what you leave out and what you talk about and it's um which is kind of a theme throughout the whole book is you know jade is in the closet to her family except for clearly her siblings (laughs) kind of know which i thought was really cute um when lily's like you know like all my friends are queer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so sweet. That was really nice. Um, I love that mom was like, so like, you're my daughter and I love you at the end. I loved when mom came in at the end. I loved yes. that so much because, um, you know, their mom is just this, this hard working, dedicated parent who wants the best for her kids. And you can see why, even though she, they know she's very, you know, that she loves them, that you can see why Jade would be kind of afraid to tell her and it's like you know sometimes people can really surprise you yeah and you don't need to be afraid and I think- yeah but i mean and then like the way that ba found out when you know a few years oh. ago is so just painful and humiliating i um i want to get back to ba um back to ba but uh in in regards to their mom i it speaks more to because um jade really respects 
her mother. The reason she's doing this because she doesn't want her mother to have to Give work, more. work so hard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, you know, she even concedes that, yeah, she'll probably be totally fine with it. But it's that 1%. Yeah, that doubt. It's that doubt that, um, you know, her, her mother is the only one who hasn't left her. Yes. And so she can't risk losing her mom before she knows this, what she really wants. Even though she yeah. does know, she doesn't know because she hasn't really been able to explore it. And she wants her mom to kind of like have things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think those of us with like, this is probably relatable for a lot of people, but those of us who come from like working, you know, backgrounds, mm-hmm. we know that feeling so much of like when you're just like, I don't want to ask for more because they already give me so much, you know, that and it's hard earned stuff. Yeah. So it's like I just found it really relatable and really nicely explained. Um, I love the character of Cam, of course. Um, I love that we have almost like a love triangle with mm-hmm. like these three women which is actually a really unique for me anyway yeah uh, a unique idea i thought it was very unique i thought it was very cool and that's a, one of them's a, a ghost so we not only have ghost cam we've got ghost marion and then we have the house as an entity as well mm-hmm. so it's like oh there's just so much to absorb and obviously the bent neck lady <laughs> I could not get enough of Marion's neck stretching. Yeah. <laughs> get out. And there's this really cool way that I think I love this when horror writers do this, when they can write a sentence that makes you do a double take, like you shake your head and you're like, did I just read that right? There's a lot of that. Yeah, because there's these things like, you know, like Jade's getting used to the being ghosts, but why the ghost got to have a stretchy neck like that? And then there's like this wonderful, wonderful example that stands out in my in my mind when Jade goes downstairs and she sees legs sticking out of the chimney, like in, oh, in yeah. the fireplace. And it's just, it's just written there so just daintily on the page. And you're like, wait, I'm sorry, what? And Jade <laughs> even goes like, whoa, what, legs? Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, you just touched on the two things that I think were very deliberately done that kind of point to the main reason why I struggled with the book. Yeah. So the scenes in her dreams with and partially awake with the ghosts were so ethereal that they were like slippery in my mind. They were slippery. Um I had like I had to rewind or reread them multiple times and even then I feel like they kind of they kind of just like evaporated away in my brain after the scene was gone which again that's actually a compliment to the author. Yes, it is. But, uh, you know, I need something to hold on to in a book. And it's like, I felt like I couldn't hold on to those scenes. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the fireplace scene is a perfect example of there's these moments. There's these nuggets of horror that happen so quickly. Uh, you know, f- from the point that she pulls her out of the chimney yeah from that point to the point that they're just like cuddling in bed mm-hmm. it, it feels like it was just a moment yeah like a very brief moment of time it doesn't linger on that yeah um the only real 
moment of horror that I feel like it lingered on mm-hmm. was the climax. You know, there was a whole, there was a whole dramatic climax that, that really was allowed to build in this tension. Um, I think it's again, a deliberate choice to have those horror scenes be the way they are to be these like flashes of unreality almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it left me wanting to like live in that scene a little bit longer for me to be able to hold on to it and grasp it and keep it. Yes. Um, well said. And uh, I think that ties a little bit into what we talked about before. A powerful part of this book is that it's, you know, kind of um, ghosts from a Vietnamese lens as well (laughs) hungry ghosts the idea of also ancestor kind of veneration Mm -hmm. and feeding them with incense and all this cool stuff and it and it makes sense why these ghosts are tangible because you know like the the way that the culture is so beautifully works with people who've passed it makes for such a rich story the that incense scene is probably the other scene that's going to stick with me the most that yeah. was just so descriptive and and that's that's the the patented the patented scott genre junkies moment of i'll probably ask in a year what movie was that from yeah the way that 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 cam is des- is described as like drinking the incense yeah, eating, eating it, it. Yeah. it like it like needs it inside of her yeah was... see me acknowledge me remember me Ooh. Oh, it's so freaking good oh my god so i wanted to to read a, a, a passage from the novel that i think for me and probably for everybody else this is very towards the end of the book really just encapsulates the story and what we're doing here my great-grandmother, too young and full of wide-eyed wonder to understand the dangers in her life. My grandmother, chasing American soldiers for candy while napalm dropped in a neighboring province. Bah, on a packed boat, but alone at sea. The holes in mom's family's history, despite a half dozen siblings to construct stories from. And Cam, whose loved ones stopped seeing her over a marriage that saved them. I've been going about it wrong. I don't need to know what Marion wants. Racists don't need reasons to be racist. She lived to be seen. There are so many others waiting to be heard, overlooked and forgotten and written in the margins. My family won't be free if I play by the rules set by others, allowing the pattern to repeat, relentless and hungry. It was never only Cam and Marion in this house built to outlast flesh. I mean, that's that's it. God. That's the whole story. That's, yep. that's it. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. It's brilliant. Um. So I we said that we would we, I said I wanted to go back to 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 Ba. Yeah. Um I had a lot of really problematic feelings about Ba. Oh, absolutely. He's very problematic. And he's written to be, but I um I still cared about him though. See I I, I I felt like the yeah. book I felt like I felt like Tran wanted me to care about him. Mm-hmm. I found him to be so unforgivable mm-hmm. to to the point where even even the moment where there was almost like the most humanity left in him mm-hmm. and he you know he said to jade like your mom can know that you're gay and she'll still love you and i'm sorry that i did that and that was very powerful but it was very powerful it was sandwiched between so much problematic stuff right but okay so here let me let me let me jump in so when we're talking about 
Ba and how I still cared about him. Mm -hmm. I cared about him because I wanted him to have a good relationship with his kids. I cared about him for the sake of his family, you know, and he's a complicated character because, you know, he has his story has been informed by his experience of coming to America and what that did for him and his immediate family and people he missed and them being like, well, you don't really fit in either. You're not, you're like, you're too American for us and you're not Vietnamese enough. But then in America, he's too Vietnamese. Yeah. And, you know, just not being there when his mom died and missing his siblings and, and all of that stuff. And then he also um, has struggles with alcohol. And then he also then gets infested parasitically by the house so he's got a lot going on and you can see you can see those little slivers in there of why mom fell in love with him mm -hmm. of why the kids have some good memories of him and it's just become so polluted with his toxicity and his um becoming a parasite or you know a parasite carrier but yeah it was very hard for me like i didn't want to forgive him and i think the best possible ending for his story is exactly what he did is that in the end he did what was right by his children in a respect he still wanted jade to join him he sure did yeah. but he did right by them by not being in their lives the part the part the part that bothered me the most is how much uh how much uh, he put the the blame and the responsibility for his failures on Jade. Oh yeah. It was so disgusting. Using her as a 14 year old girl telling him to just go ahead and leave. That's what 14 year olds do. They're asking, they're asking the adults, the parents, they're asking their family to prove their love to them. Yeah. That's his, that's his opportunity to say, I will never leave you. And instead he is asking that of his 14 year old daughter. That's a horrible. It just, it makes me so mad and he never apologizes for that. I, I, I mean, I was happy. I was worried. I was actually starting to get worried. It wasn't going to happen. I was happy that Jade finally did say, dad, I was 14. Yeah. Well, but okay. Okay. I, I, <sighs> I feel that that's very true to life though, is sometimes the people that owe us apologies don't give us apologies. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's up for us to glean you know, it's just like how you won't always get closure on everything. It's up to us to glean out of the situation sometimes. And it's up for us to be like, you know, to, to find like, to find our own, I don't know, agency in these situations where people have done us done us wrong. And yes, of course, he wants Jade to join him. He doesn't want to be alone. He wants somebody from his family. He does love them. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, it's the best thing he can do is remove his toxic self from the family unit. Again. Again. <laughs> but, you know, but for, yes. but for real this time and without the blame of any, like, trying to make it someone else's fault. Mm -hmm. And um, and I did see it also as a sacrifice. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I don't like Bob. I'm not going to write him. Deserve, I'm not going to write him a fucking. I'm not going to. I'm not going to write him a fucking Christmas card. I don't want to talk to him. I don't like how he treated Jade, especially. But I also really appreciate a complicated family dynamic. That's real. That's real life. Yeah. I guess what was hard for me is even though there was the reasons of the the reasons put forth in a horror book. Um, her whole experience with Ba, it it 
it, it really brought up some um abusive feelings like it like it felt like it was a story of familial abuse i would definitely say it's abuse which is uh, difficult for me is all it's just difficult for me to read it's definitely abuse um and sometimes abusers are complicated mm-hmm. yeah um i think that chan did an amazing job of encapsulating that feeling um i liked that cam had very complicated motivation as well mm-hmm. um you know i feel like cam was doing her best she's terribly lonely and it like kind of made me like at first you know i had these flashes of anger at her when you know the whole th- kind of thing is revealed but at the same time I-, I couldn't stay angry at cam because i really do care about her way too much I was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. And I loved seeing the flashes from her life. Mm -hmm. And I like how those flashback scenes were done, too. I thought that was really cool. Oh, one last thing. I love it when everybody's beating the shit out of Alma. (laughs) Yes. Although I'm mad that Alma survived. Yeah, but at least she's... uh, Didn't she get, like, arrested or something? No, no. She she got off. They they determined that it was... Like, yeah. not her who caused the fire because of yeah. a bribe and because of a lawyer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Like, she, that's got right. Off, she got off completely But you know what? Free. She still got her ass handed to her with a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was, it was really satisfying. And of course, mom doing the last blow. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like I knew mom was going to come to the rescue because she was there, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, it was so satisfying when she comes in. So satisfying. Um, I, I like that... Uh, Florence and Jade's future is left up in the air because they are really young and that's okay to be like we'll see we'll see what's gonna happen I mean in my head canon they're gonna take their quote-unquote gap year (laughs) Florence is so goddamn funny by the way yeah Florence is hilarious and dry and funny but um but I think that they'll go to school in Philadelphia and I think they're gonna give it a go I really do you think they'll go back to school after the gap year yeah, I do. I and I think they're going to get together. But I think it's important that they um both take a little time because again, they're very young. Um but I do. I think I think they're going to give it a go and run around and uh go up and down the rocky stairs and and have a cute time. <laughs> I I I like that you think that. I don't. Um ah! and I'll tell you why. Um I think part of the Part of the uh, message of this story is she actually says it when she's talking about Florence at the end. Every story has its ending. You know, her relationship with her father had an ending. Her relationship with her best friend, she accepted, has an ending. Yeah, she, she doesn't yeah. expect to, she doesn't expect to to be friends anymore. Uh, he, she, she even kind of intimates that you know, even if that hadn't happened, you know, they they were BFFs, and that might not be forever. Um. I think that they both needed each other at that time to kind of discover themselves and they needed to be there to support each other. But, you know, that story and the trauma that's attached to that relationship is over. And, uh, but was a very important part for them to um, find themselves and to have that um, experience and that support. Um, So I think because of the message of the story, I don't think that they're getting back together. Agree to disagree. I think they're going to visit the Liberty Bell. They're going to take the train to New York. They're going to have some good fun times. I have a feeling that even though it's like 
counterintuitive. I think a lot of their dates, at least at first, is they're gonna like to go to haunted locations together. <laughs> you think so? You I think do. they're gonna still be into hauntings? Oh, absolutely. I think I they mean, know. I guess now that you know that it's much. real, they've seen too much. They know too much, and um, I guess I I don't know if Florence is going to take her motorcycle over there, or just get a new one in America, and they're just gonna. We're going right off into the oh, sunset. Oh, that's right. The crunch, crunch of the motorcycle. That yeah. was so sad. Yeah. The house ate the motorcycle. The house ate the motorcycle. So, uh, you know, I, anyway, it's just, that's my headcanon. And I'm sticking to it um, because I loved this book and I loved these characters and I loved this writing. I've, I found this book to be something that is going to stick with me for a very, very, very long time to come. And I give this... Um, I give this 10 lemongrass grasshoppers out of 10. <laughs> um, so if you have been keeping track, listeners, um, this book was not for me. I gave a score of a book, but I did say that it was for a broad audience. I am going to give this 10 grasshoppers out of 10. I think what? it's a great book. I think, I think being not a mass appeal book, being a broad appeal book, I am the person that's in that mass section up at you know up at the end that this just book wasn't right for. But I think that the reason it was so just not right for me is because of how masterful it is in being the book that it is. It tells the story that it wants to tell. It invokes the feelings that it wants to invoke. And um, I think that, I think how strongly it did miss me speaks to how good it was at being the book that it wanted to be. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, there you have it, everybody. Uh, you know, I think next we're going to do some sci-fi. Yay! Fuck around and find out with some sci-fi coming down my son. <laughs> Yay. All right, everybody. I'm Sandra. I'm Scott. This is Stitches signing off, <laughs> raising her little paw and asking you to please keep reading past your bedtime. Thank you.